This family just gives you all the warm and fuzzies that you forget that they kill people for a living. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Spice Rack podcast. We're going to get into Rise of the King by Bella Matthews. But before we do, Em, how are you? I am good. So I have my little book report for section one of how not to die alone. So I'm trying to do a section a week. So I have like my four main points I like to go over with you guys. Okay, please present to the class. So there's a quiz. DM, let me know. I'll send you guys a link for the quiz if you're single to see like what kind of dater you are, like which is why like you're single. So I'm a hesitator. I have a little bit of all of them, but my highest score is hesitator. So I'm always like, oh, like if I lose this amount of weight, I'll be ready. If I do this, then I'll be ready to date. And in this book, when you are hesitating dating, like when I lose 15 pounds, I'll be ready to date you are giving a foundation for the relationship and love that is conditional when you want love. (laughs) Oh, shit. When you want love that is unconditional. So you saying, I will lose 15 pounds, you're ready to start dating because that's like when a guy will find me attractive. So if you gain 15 pounds in the relationship, you're going to be thinking, oh, he's going to break up with me. Oh, my God. mind fucking blown okay next point so second is a big thing that when you hit our age that with you have issues with dating is the prom date versus the husband so the prom date is a guy that looks good in pictures is a fun time you can bring around your friends (laughs) 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 and the husband needs to be that same thing but with the prom date you're waiting for a text message at two in the morning You're not going to want that from your husband. You're not going to want to have kids with your husband and be like, why isn't he texting me back? Why is he leaving me on red? So like the qualities in the prom date, like when we're sitting in our phones waiting for the text message, just waiting for him to call and like wondering if he likes us or not. Those are qualities in a prom date and not qualities that we want in a husband. Mm. Do you feel okay? (laughs) Like this is only coming for your life. This is only section one. Okay. And then, so point three is that there is like a psychology of relationships. So she talks a lot about like different psychologists. So there is a benchmark. So if you're single, this is the formula. You count the number of years from when you started dating to when you would like to enter a long-term relationship. Take 37% of that number and add that to the age that you started dating. So for me, my benchmark is 23. So when you hit your benchmark, so by the age of 23, I already know what I want in a future husband, a future spouse at 23. So people who are maximizer daters who are like, oh, this person is perfect. But what if there's somebody else out there better for me? And they break up with that person, but then realize that person had everything in their benchmark that they wanted in a spouse oh yeah so like by the age like my benchmark is 23 like I know the qualities I'd want in a future husband I would like to say two things one I feel validated because when did you start dating 19 okay so I started dating earlier 
So I knew what I wanted by the age that I was 23. Which is great because my I got married at 23 and my grandma on my wedding day told me I was a child bride. So I feel validated. <laughs> the other thing is that I know you're going to be a good teacher because I failed college algebra, but I just understood the math that you were laying down. So Thank you. Thank mm. you. So like that is like your benchmark. So if you are like you meet that person and the thing is like her main thing that she like highlights with like maximizer is that relationships are always going to take time to work. Like you're always have to work on the relationship. And so you've been, Oh, there's something better out there. You're still going to have to work on that relationship. So the benchmark was very interesting. And then she goes in to talking about how dating apps have made it harder to find that husband, but easier to find that prom date. Because when you look on the apps, it says the qualities of what they do for work, how tall they are, like the attractive pictures. And that is the focus illusion. So it's when we spend too much time focusing on what doesn't really matter. And so she was like, even if it's a maybe on the dating app, swipe right just in case, (laughs) because you don't know those until like you like get to meet like the person like for so like for example she swiped left on her husband in the past <gasps> and then she fell in love with the prom date and then was waiting for the text at 1 a.m that never came da, da, da. and then when she and her husband now husband both worked for google they were met at the bus stop and then they reconnected so those are my main points from section one I would like to say every single one of those main points stepped on your neck because I sat next to Emily as she swiped on dating apps and she gives maybe one right swipe for every 24 left swipes. Yeah. So that is section one. And the thing is the hesitator one, like I have a, like telling all my single friends to do this is because I didn't really realize because it's really on there that says I will start dating when I finish grad school. The amount of times I have said that statement. How many times have you said that on this podcast? Yeah, I'll exactly. Start dating XYZ. I'll exactly. start dating when this happens. And then I didn't realize that that develops a foundation for love that is conditional. But you don't want love that's conditional. Wow. Yeah. If he doesn't want you at your poor grad student, he doesn't deserve you at yeah. your actual doctor level. And it's really neat because in every example that she gives in this book, it's like one of her old clients that would have this mentality. And once she's like talked through them, the death you get their happy ending. Oh so. my God. Wow. Worth every penny. Yeah. Thank this you. Book. I love the weekly book report. So single ladies download this book, take this quiz. And we'll be back to. next. We'll be back next week. Okay. Well, I'm kind of on the opposite side of you. I have some time off and I've just been one incredibly horny and it's because my TikTok is nothing but Joe Burrow thirst traps. And that's where I'm at in life. And I'm just so sexually attracted to this man. I like don't know what to do. So that's where I'm at personally. He's so fine. Like there is, he's so fucking fine. I it's guess just I just. It is the drip. The way that this man dresses and carries himself is proof that you, I mean, yes, he's like conventionally attractive. He's not my type. But the way that you dress and the way that you carry yourself means absolutely everything. You can be a four and have the drip of someone with a 10 and you're a 12. Yeah. I would also like to ask a question. So I'm in this Facebook group. We can cut this out if it's ridiculous, but I'm in this Facebook group and basically we just ask each other 
crazy ass hypothetical questions every day. I've been thinking about this nonstop for at least six days. If you're at the nail salon, how many, <laughs> how many fingers would you have to lose? So like, how many fingers would you have to not have of the 10 before you ask for a discount? <laughs> one. You asked for a discount at one? Yeah. Respect a thrifty queen. I think I'd have to get to like three. 50. If I only have one hand, I'm asking for a half off discount. <laughs> anyway, so we're in very different phases of life right now, but that's all I've been thinking about. That and Joe Burrow constantly on loop in my brain. Joe Burrow's been so fine. I've been trying to read a little bit this week. So um, I finished by Thread by Lucy Score. Grumpy Sunshine Office Romance. She's 39. He's 42. So it's like an older. So I, I really liked that. Um, I gave it a four stars. It, the banter was so fucking good. Like it was probably, I think, better. Like the best banter in like all of her books. And um, the main guy character, he really knew how to dirty talk. But no reason that the book should have been almost 600 pages. She does that. She no, absolutely no reason. So um, I gave that four stars. And then um, I finished The Rise of the King, which we're talking about today. And I'm currently reading Frat Boy by Nikki Oh, my God. Where are you at? Give me a percentage of where you're at in the Frat Boy. Okay. I just got to the ABC party. Oh, okay. So you're almost done. Yeah. Listen, we're going to talk about it next week. I have genuine concerns that the frat boy got me pregnant like I'm like genuinely concerned about it so fucking good I gave it five stars first five star read of the year it's very good if I had a spouse I would probably be pregnant too it's just listen as a fraternity and sorority life professional I'm thinking maybe no but as a reformed frat rat (laughs) I'm thinking very much yes (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it next week. Have you read Maggie Moves On by Lucy Score? I have not. So this is my second book that okay, I've so read, read by her. Twingo and then this one? Yeah, and then um, I have her new one pre-ordered, the one about Nash. I would recommend Maggie Moves On. It's reverse grumpy sunshine, and it's like an HGTV type show. And it was just very cute. And it wasn't, I mean, it was still like 400 pages, which is a lot, but it wasn't quite as excessive as the rest of her books. Okay, I'm gonna add that to my list. Okay, I've been on a little bender. So hello, welcome to my bender. I have two more days off. So let's see what we can accomplish in the next two days. I started with Rise of the King, which we're talking about today. I enjoyed it, gave it four stars. Then I read Thorn Prince, which is the new release from LJ Shen. It came around for me. I think it was very heavy enemies to lovers and they just insulted each other like a lot, which was hot, but we did it for so long that I was like, how are we going to come back from this? You know? So I was worried that like maybe the enemies to lovers was too much. It did come back around for me. It was kind of ridiculous, but whatever ate it up four stars <laughs> then I read the frat boy by Nikki Sloan I'm talking about it next week first five star read of the year fucking obsessed then let me talk hold on let me get the better <laughs> position let me talk about this book that I read last night Magnolia Parks by Jessica Kane I think is who it's by this book ripped my heart out chewed it up spit it out somewhere else it doesn't have 
I'm going to give a little spoiler. It doesn't have a happy ending. And so I don't typically read things that don't have a happy ending. And so you get so invested. It's a love triangle. So you get so invested in these, I would say, three relationships. And it doesn't end up the way that you thought it would. It was heartbreaking. I am in pain still. I don't know if I'm going to read the rest of the series because there was no spice. And so I'm like, "Mm." if we were like regularly fucking as a part of this love triangle, I would read 17 more books about it. But I don't know. But it was basically like London socialite gossip girl. And she's in a love triangle with her childhood bestie turned lover turned now like kind of stranger like they broke up and then the other person is like the heartthrob of the prince harry of england before prince harry was i feel like we should talk about prince harry should we talk about prince harry i have to say i have very strong opinions i'm kind of over the royal family i really am I'm not over the royal family, but I'm over Harry and Meghan. Yeah, I love Meghan. I really do. But I'm kind of just over the whole drama. I really am. This is where I'm at on Prince Harry. Okay, first of all, I'm not going to read this book, so don't ask me to. I don't know if Emily's going to read the book, but I'm not reading the book. It's like I'm not, re- I'm not reading the book. It's so long, and he apparently talks about the fact that, like, William is either not or is circumcised. Like, he gives a lot of, like, detail that had he, had he taken some time to cool off, you know, when you get in a fight with someone and you send them a text so quick and you're like, fuck you, I never want to talk to you again. You're a little dirty rat piece of shit. <laughs> and then, like, a couple hours later, you're like, mm, I shouldn't have sent that. I yeah. think that this book is the mean text, but he didn't have time to be like, mm, I probably shouldn't have said those things. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just over it. Yeah. I don't discredit that either of them went through traumatic experiences. I'm sure Megan had a really hard life in the castle. However, go be traumatized. We don't got to keep talking about your trauma. Just be traumatized and be quiet. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's kind of like, I used to really like the royal family, but like the drama just got like too much. So I was like, I'm not going to spend my free time. No. Catching up with all this drama. Yeah, again, I will watch every season of The Crown and, like, other stuff, but I'm not going to read the book on Prince Harry. So, if you want a little London socialite moment, but you don't want to read Spare, read Magnolia Parks and you will be sobbing in your bed at 1.30 in the morning. Um, Speaking of TV shows, so, I'm like, you guys know, I'm not really a big fan of watching TV. I'll watch sports, but I don't really watch TV. But everybody told me to watch Ginny and Georgia on Netflix. It is, like, Hailey Bieber's favorite TV show. And I'm hooked. I'm on season two. Oh. I've been devouring it. I've never so, seen this. It's really, really good. So I'm almost done with season two. So if you're looking for a show, I recommend it. Proud of you for watching TV. This is a big step. It is. You got spice. You got drama, family drama, murder. It's mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, Love Island's about to start back. So I'm obviously <laughs> going to be busy for the next foreseeable while. I haven't decided if I'm going to get a VPN and like hack in the- <laughs> the British version to watch it as it comes out if I'm gonna wait to watch it two weeks behind on Hulu but um for the next 80-ish days I will be Love Island consumed like consumed by Love Island. Sav's gonna come back with a British accent. 
You know, I do it every time we watch a season. I'm like fully British in the house. Boy, that's what I do. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay, should we get into today's read? Yeah, let's talk about Sam's fine ass. Oh, okay. So before we talk about Sam's fine ass, let's talk about Bella Matthews. So she's today's author. Bella Matthews is a Jersey girl at heart. She's married to her very own alpha male and is raising three little ones. You can typically find her running from one sporting event to another. When she is home, she's usually hiding in her home office with the only other female in her house, her rescue dog Tinkerbell by her side. She likes to write swoon-worthy heroes and sassy, smart heroines with a healthy dose of laughter and all the feels. Books by her include the Kings and Defiant King series, and today we will be discussing Rise of the King, which is the first book in the Restless Kings series. Take a shot every time I said Kings, you'd be blacked out. All the Kings, and these men act like Kings. So um, let's get into the dedication. So it is, Mom, no stronger heroine has ever existed. Thank you for teaching me to stand up for myself and go after what I want. And we get a little quote, too. So your heart knows the way. Run in that direction. Rumi. I like that quote. I do, too. Okay. Getting into today's plot review. Amelia is running from something dangerous, but little does she know she runs right into the den of Philly's next mafia lord and leader of the family. When Anastasia kills her past and becomes Amelia, she takes a little cash from the Canadian cartel, buys herself a bakery and a safe place to land, and is always ready to run in case she's discovered. However, when she settles into her little Philly suburb and starts creating her own found family and falling in love with Sam, she thinks Maybe it's time to stop running, but can he keep her safe? I gave this book four stars, so it was a really good read, and I like the plot line and Amelia and Sam's story. I just wish it was a little more dramatic, especially when George was revealed. It was just kind of like she would get her, oh, you have a secret family, and then die. Like, it would just go. I wish it was just a little bit more dramatic. Um, I love the aspect of the bakery and you have these mafia men who literally kill people for a living, just going into a bakery every morning and just wanting cookies. Like, I just thought that was so funny. And I really liked the family aspect of this book. Like everybody truly was family. Nona was the cutest little Italian grandma. And I'm happy that Amelia did find her family after being alone for so long. And one thing I think that the author did really well was how the side characters were woven in so well with the main story I would love a book on Dean I don't know if Dean has a book but I would love a book on Dean which one is Dean he is Sam's like right hand oh yeah yeah yeah. okay okay thank you and Sam loves hard he fell so fast I love the full name banter like Amelia is like this five foot four tiny girl and she's literally like like roasting this mafia boss who literally kills people and is like well Samuel and I just thought that was just so funny and I do like the nickname snow um that was my nickname people always called me growing up because I was like pale like snow white like that was the Disney princess I was always like compared to so I thought I like that aspect and um I have two quotes Sam says this isn't over Amelia I'll do anything to make sure you're safe I guarantee that yesterday you're safe I protect what's mine and you snow are mine so this isn't over Mm. and then I thought this was funny when he put a bodyguard 
on Amelia and Amelia goes and hangs out with um, her best friend and best friend's husband, like the family, the bodyguard is outside and Declan, the friend's husband texts uh, Sam about it. And he was like, your guy out there is going to be like a frozen popsicle. And he's like, or that make him Italian ice water. <laughs> and I just thought that was funny. Like there's parts of this book that like literally just have you laughing out loud. It was so good. Truly. I also gave this book four stars and I really enjoyed the story. I was so surprised first of all, because Emily and I knew nothing about this. And then we both read it and kind of liked it, which is like a small miracle <laughs> around here. I just wanted more. Like I wanted more background on Sam. I wanted more on Amelia. I wanted more sex. I wanted more drama. So it was good, but I just like wanted a little bit more. Like Sam, was it Benavetti? Bene- I'm not Italian. Yeah, I think it was that. Sam, Mafia Lord Sam, was so fucking fine to me. And like they should have been constantly taking each other's clothes off. That's constantly what I wanted fucking, more constantly. of. Constantly. Sam was a winner. Amelia was a little badass. And I loved all the side characters. I didn't know their name, but like Dean, the little right-hand man, and all of the family characters, and Sam's brother, and like that little love triangle. I was just here for all of it. Her finding out she does have a family, and they've been looking for her, I think added some sweetness to the story. So I appreciated that aspect of it, too. Sam coming into power. So basically, the plot of this I'm going to give like a little spoiler, but if you're here, hopefully you've read it. Uh, So the plot of this is that Amelia runs away from the Canadian drug cartel. She takes a little cash with her, a little nest egg, if you will, enough to buy a house, a bakery, and like anything else she would ever need in Philadelphia. So do with that information what you will. Sam wants to buy her out of this debt that is owed to the Canadian cartel. So he flies up to Canada pays off her debt, comes back. However, one of the Canadian cartel brothers is dirty and he was working against Sam. So he blows up a car, Sam's dad, dead. (laughs) Not good because because then Sam becomes the leader of the mafia and the leader of the family, but he also gets blown to bits. And so he's like injured trying to become the mafia leader. Then you keep going and like Amelia's backstory is that this guy named George like taught her how to shoot, protected her, whatever. George is the Canadian cartel. And so when he walks in, you're like, what the fuck? All the plot twists. All the plot plot twists. And then the reason why Sam and his dad got blown up is because his dad's right hand man, who was his uncle, fucking like snitched on him. And you're like, whoa, so much is happening. So the plot line was fantastic and all these characters and like obviously the book explains it better than me but all these characters coming together to create this plot was amazing. Watching Sam become the mafia leader and like telling people if you disagree with me that's fine like we can handle it. I don't know. Fucking hot. The uncle betrayal sent me. I was like so not expecting that. For a second, I thought it was Dean, and I was like, no. no I thought it was Dean, me. too. I was like, it can't fucking be Dean. It can't be Dean. I was so upset. And you really don't know that the uncle is the betrayer until he's dead and someone just shoots him. Um, And then I also love that the way that they just go to these football games on Sundays in the box. That is the most fucking Philly thing I could ever think of. Like, it just made me giggle. 
Because you know all these people are Eagles fans and they're going to watch the... I don't know. It just Yeah, you have, like, these mafia family mixed in with, like... So, um, Sebastian Bash is Sam's brother. And, like, he said from the beginning, he doesn't want to be a part of this life. He's going to go play football in college, go to medical school. Their best friend is going to win, like, the Stanley Cup with hockey. It's, like, they're normal people, but they're also mixed in with the mafia. And I just think that it was great. Yeah, it was just so Philly to me that, like, they're like, oh, it's kind of cold in October. It's fucking snow. Like, I don't know. They're just talking about shit that felt very Philly to me. They're going to get coffee and, like, cookies from this bakery when they're, like, killing people at night. And then they're all, like, putting on their Eagles. They were called the Kings. But putting on their Eagles jerseys to go watch the Eagles games. I don't know. It just made me giggle. Yeah, it was like, this could be realistic. 100%. Some of the mafia 100%. books that we read will not, cannot be realistic, but this could be realistic. I would also like to address something. If you read this book, you know it's coming because the Ruby. <laughs> I'm just so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. The Ruby. I mean, give me a fucking break. I can't handle it anymore. I saw that and I was like, oh, Sav's not going to be happy. Someone literally responded when I posted this on the Spice Rack story. Someone responded and said, that Ruby got to you, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I'm so, I'm crying in the fucking club over the Ruby. At least it had some diamonds, but God damn it. Just give me a halo around something. I will take anything at this point. I have to say one thing that I think is really sexy that Sam does is Sam knows how to communicate and Amelia will be because she's trying to be so guarded and guard her heart and Sam was like this discussion's not over we can sleep tonight like we will be having this conversation tomorrow and I just think that's so hot when a guy does that I also thought Sam was so sexy because he was an adult like this yes. man was a man when he learned some shady shit about Amelia he told her, like, imagine, imagine a man learning that you have a secret family. Every other book we read, it would have been like, I'm not telling her that. Like, I don't want to give her that stress. He was like, I got to tell her. So like, I got to tell her and I'll be right by and I'll be right by her side, like to support whatever she wants to do. And I was like, that is a man. The bars in hell. <laughs> Please. All he did was tell her the fucking truth. And we're like, yes, I'll be down. But see, like, that's the thing. Like, I have, like, a crazy-ass family. So I hope my future spouse would be like, yeah, your family's fucking crazy. Oh, 100%. It I don't too. I don't need, I don't need to air my, my family drama out like that on this podcast. But if you know, you know. <laughs> Listen to this. My mom is refusing to go to the doctor, okay? She has pneumonia and is actively dying. Like, my grandma is <laughs> not funny my grandma yesterday calls me in tears and it's like you have to drive to your mom's like she's not okay mind you I had just making the drive twice this week so I was like I would rather stop my big toe every day for the rest of my life and drive to Atlanta so I text my mom and I'm like everyone's concerned about your health you're being kind of irresponsible and like now I'm gonna have to get in the car she said oh wow your grandma must have really laid it on thick and I was like yeah she gave an Oscar level performance so yesterday I was on the phone for two and a half hours with my family members about my mom and I talked to my brother four times I was like we haven't talked this much since Thanksgiving like that's a lot so yes 
family drama is real it does exist my mom is potentially dying but she's fine and i'm not driving my ass to atlanta i can go scoop her i already nominated (laughs) (laughs) it's literally around the block for my mom and i heard was like em can take you to the hospital (laughs) i love it friendship is yes Okay, so we're going to get into spice, and this week, me and Sap both have the same amount of peppers, so we both gave it one pepper. I did. Like I said, I I wish there was more. I wish I could give this four peppers. I wanted a little bit more. Um, I think the hottest scene for me was the icing scene, so they're, like, in his kitchen. She's baking. She tells him that, like, how she's always had this fantasy of, like, them playing with icing at the bakery. And she goes, he pipes a line of chocolate down to my stomach, stopping at the waistband of my panties. And Sam goes, let's see if the fantasy lives up to reality. I'm not going to say that the sex scenes fade to, like, fade to black. But to me, they almost fade to gray. Yeah, like, we don't get the the graphic he pumps into my folds. And, like, it's the only <laughs> time I've ever wanted are being milked and pumped into the folds. Like, it's the only time I've really wanted that. You know there's sex. I'm telling you, I was texting our friend Jasmine about it, and I was saying that I think Bash is the freakier brother. Hmm. But I would have loved just a little you bit. No, Sam a freak. You know, you know, you know he is. Like when you know mad. he's a choker. That's like all they, I gotta say. When they were mad at each other, a little bit of like hate sex, uh, angry sex, like uh, just a little bit. The thing that was hot too about the icing is that before, because they were friends to lovers for like. They were friends for like two years. So yeah. heavy friends to lovers vibe. And before when they were friends, at one point he like scooped up some icing, sucked on his finger and she's like drooling like, oh, wouldn't I love to be that finger? So I thought it was hot that it came full circle. Yeah. And I'm happy that she realized her feelings for him, not towards the end of the book. So we got yeah. a good chunk of the book, like of them being in their relationship. Yeah. Well, and the thing that sucks too is, like I said, he gets blown up, and then he can't he can't lay it down the way that Amelia wants it to be laid down. So for the first like four times they're together, she has to do all the work, which is like my personal nightmare. <laughs> like that's horrible. And he's like grabbing her and stuff, like trying to be as active as he can, but like homie literally got blown up. Yeah, he does have a dirty mouth though. He does know how to, like, if he told me to sit down, I would sit down. I'm sat. Yes. I'm sat. Okay, I'm sat. Like, if he tells me to go eat, I'm I'm gonna go eat. I'm gonna. Yeah, cool. He is so commanding, and it's that leader of the mafia command that you just can't fabricate. Like, you're either born with that shit or you are not. Oh, and the Betty was born with it. I have a quote. I have a quote. Okay, but it's not a spice quote. But it's a quote. Okay. So they're talking about getting married and she's like, let's just go get married tomorrow. And it was, was after um the uncle was um murdered. And he says that piece of paper means something to me. We're not getting married because I watched a man die. When we get married, it's going to be because I got down on one knee and asked you to be my wife. I'm not going to marry so you don't have to testify against me, Amelia. I'm going to marry you so I can spend the rest of my life making you smile. Um, if my proposal is not exactly like so that, I don't fucking in love with her. I don't want it. I don't want it. Well, and the thing that I thought was so hot too, again, that mo- that leader of the mafia command, when he s- is going to ask her to get married, it's not a question. Like he no. says, marry me. 
And she's like, yeah, obviously. Like, that was the plan. Warm bubbles, butterflies. How do you feel about the pregnancy in the epilogue? I think it was cute. Okay, you like an epilogue pregnancy? I I like an epilogue pregnancy. Okay, I don't. She was giving birth and, like, the brother is like, you did so good. Like, everybody's, like, so beautiful. Like, I was just... This family just gives you all the warm and fuzzies that you forget that they kill people for a living. Right, right. I loved the familial love of everyone being in the room and like the sis- the crazy sister was there. The crazy sister, that was so crazy And yes, but I just, I don't love an epilogue pregnancy. I want them to like be fucking on a beach somewhere, you know, not like really, having a child. I know like I'm nowhere near having a child, but I think when I have a child, I want like a 24 hour rule nobody's in the room for 24 hours I hate that rule for me and for you because I want to be all up in there hello or at least give me like 12 hours you can have some time but aunt Sav is getting up in there I will be in the room with you I don't care (laughs) I'm gonna come back from the c-section and like it's not my husband holding the baby it's It's me But no, I have really bad baby fever. So maybe that's why I didn't love the pregnancy in the epilogue. So I was like, damn it. Like, I feel personally, I'm in the middle of the road, semi-truck coming at me full speed. And that semi-truck is um, motherhood. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get trapped into it. And I'm going to be young, hot, and fun still. But then, like, your cooch gets split open. I don't know. But I'm I'm... My ovaries are exploding constantly. I also have baby fever, which is bad because like I'm I don't have anybody, but I do have big baby fever. You could be such a single mom. I have a friend. Well, my mom has a friend. It's not like my friend, but it's like a family friend. And she was like sick of waiting for somebody. And so she got a sperm donor and is like pregnant, loving her life, single mom vibes. Me. And just like wants to be a mom. And I can see, I mean, I like want you to like have a partner, but I can also see that for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm reading, I'm doing the book. You are. I'm doing you're the book. Put, this is the work that people, t- you're putting in the work, the self work. If you had discovered that you had a secret family, what would you do? I don't know. Here's the thing, right? Like it's classic romance novel convenience that the secret family knew her husband and like lived in the same town and she didn't have to move she could just like merge into this family so maybe in that scenario I'd be like okay but if I had to like listen if my single family lives in or if my secret family lives in Ohio like I'm not gonna I think I would meet them what if they are garbage garbage fucking people though then I wouldn't we're so good you know what I'm saying like yeah when you think of humanity we are like up here yeah, right? yeah I agree and what if they are just so far below and you're like ew like how do I share like DNA with you I think I would still have to just give one meeting were you shocked when you found out that it was the uncle who was the traitor yes yes same yes jaw on the floor yes but I was so fucking happy it wasn't Dean yeah. So happy it wasn't Dean. And when the blood splattered and we didn't know, I thought, I thought, Dean, Dean, died. I thought Dean died too. And oh I my God, like, yes. I was like, no fucking way, no fucking way. I really low-key, high-key thought it was Marco, the bodyguard. That was who I thought was the traitor at first. 
No. I did not think he I had such faith and loyalty in Marco. Who did you think it was? I really thought it was Dean. Or it was someone else in the family, but Dean died in the crossfire is really what um, I thought. Yeah, if, if Dean died, it would have gotten a one star. I would have been so upset. He was like the comedic relief that you have to have in a story. Yep. So he brought the she brought the fun. But truly, jaw on the floor. I was like, oh. I did this several times when George, when he was mentioned first, I was like, ain't no way. No, I did not pick up that it was George when they had the first meeting. No, I didn't either. I didn't pick up until she's on the phone. Yeah. Here's George. And she's like, is that George? And I was like, scandal. T. Have you seen the video? Do you watch the morning or listen to the morning toast ever? Uh-uh. Okay. Do you know who Girl With No Job is? Yeah. Okay. So it's her and her sister. And they were talking about the national championship game. And they're like from Jersey. And they were like, oh, yeah, like it's the Georgia Bulldogs. And the girl was like, oh, like D-O-G-S. And it was, she was like, no, D-A-W-G-S. And she was like, oh, so it's the dogs. <laughs> I sometimes wish I had an Italian accent so badly. And she's like, oh, the dogs are playing tonight. So now I've been saying it for like a week and a half. The dogs are playing. That's so funny. Okay. So if you were given a bag of money, I'm thinking that Amelia had to have at least 750k to buy this bakery and her little apartment and all of her equipment, whatever. Um, so if you're given a bag of money, at least $750,000, and you can start a new identity, no, and a new identity, and you can start a new life, where would you go? I would probably pick either like Ireland, Scotland, the Netherlands. I think that that would be, I would probably work in like a bookstore. I think kind of going to go that route of like dreamy leaving the States. Okay. I think if I had to stay in the States, I would go to New York because I think that's the best place in this country to like be invisible. Like her backup plan of going to Kansas, I would rather die than go to Kansas. But if I got to like leave the country, I think I'm getting like a little shack in the Caribbean on the water. I'm going to fish, live my best life. Yeah, I have to go somewhere where I can have a life. Yeah, I just want to be in the sunshine. I would literally lay out, read books. That would be my life. Yeah, and then they won't find you. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely wouldn't go to Philly. No. But I damn sure would be in Kansas. No offense to the Kansans out there, but not this gal. I also think that it would be easy for people to locate you in Kansas. That's what I'm saying. Like, how many people realistically live in Kansas? Like, it would be easy. Like, remember Quincy, Montana, that we read the Jennifer Hill books? They'll find you in a heartbeat. Listen, a small town romance, someone new moves to town, everyone knows about it. Like, you're not fitting fitting in. No, you're not finding a Sam Benavinetti there, so. No, you'd find a, a cowboy. So, getting into our boyfriend pyramid. As you guys know, it's our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid. So we have at the bottom, ultimate friends with benefits. You might tell your friends, might not tell your friends, hook up a few times. Then we have meet the parents. Second, you got white picket fence, the two kids, dog, you have a happy life. And at the top of the top, we have God tier where like he cannot be beat. So Sav, where do you put Sam? Okay, this is hard because I would like to know a little bit more about Sam, but... For me, I'm putting Sam at God tier. What about you? I'm putting him at White Picket Fence. 
which is so surprising to me how he doesn't make it to god tier now i don't i don't know because i think about who i have in god tier and then sam sam is a little bit like under those guys and you would have a nice lifestyle. You would have a white picket fence. You would be able to go to your bakery and go to the Eagles games. So I'm going to put white picket fence with Sam. You're the only person who thinks that like being with the leader of a crime family is just like a nice, quiet life. <laughs> <laughs> He's too tame to be a god tier for you. He is too tame. And the thing is that he will have the best life with Sam. Like, you know, like you're taken care of. So... Yeah, 100%. That's why I'm putting him a god tier. I liked him a lot. I just want more. I want to know more about him. Yeah. Like, there's some books where we're like, and the thing is, we could have gotten more and it still not be 400 pages. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, we'll find the right balance. Yes. Whatever. I also put Sam as white picket fence. because I think I'm going to put Colin, who we'll meet next week, and frat boy. I think I'm putting him at God tier. And so I have to make a little bit of room. It's getting a little crowded. So Sam is white picket fence. Listen, I am so excited for us to read the frat boy next week. I don't know that I can commit to putting the frat boy at God tier. Like that feels a little bit too much for me, but I am so excited. I told Emily this earlier, the threesome professor scene has been on my head in loop it's that and joe burrow so my head is a really gorgeous place to be right now yeah i have not forgotten about that scene so never it's better than the float scene really yeah yeah you don't think so yeah i actually think my next read is i'm gonna reread the finish line i think but... i reread a court of miss and fury so i'm glad that we're re- we're in our rereading <laughs> we're rereading but we will meet colin in frat boy by nikki sloan and super excited to talk about it. We will see everybody next week. Bye.